All right. Well, good af- um, good morning, good afternoon. Um, it's the Black Sun Podcast. Um, again, um, trying to stay tuned with you with new podcast episodes weekly. Got a couple of them backed up. Um, just, you know, like I said, bear with me. Um, still going through the editing process of the last three. And um, also, uh, you know, I got a special guest today. I'll introduce uh, them in a minute. But I just wanted to touch base and let you know that, you know, again, the themes are primarily centered around uh, African and African-American diaspora studies topics primarily include social justice, activism, liberation, cultural naturalism, black religiosity and black popular culture. Um, again, the, um, you know, I'm more of a contrarian and uh, SO was a Tarek in a sense, but, you know, trying to just go with the flow as always, you know, um, pretty much uncut conversations. Um, you know, but again, wanted to touch base to everybody today. Uh, it's been a minute. And um, first and foremost, thank you for uh, Avaloy Podcasting Network, Avaloy Studios, for giving me the opportunity to use their space as always. So it's always a pleasure. Um, let's go ahead and get into it today. Um, again, I want you to um, give a round of applause for one of my uh, new closest friends <laughs> right now. Um, well, here she goes. Uh, I'll let her introduce herself. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, there's really no introduction necessary, but my name is Sharita, I'm from Atlanta, and I'm just here to offer a different perspective today, and you know, just break down things, and I have a law background, and that's it, let's see where it goes. So you're talking about a law background, what kind of law background are we talking about? Just everybody, you know, (laughs) clarification purposes. Um, Okay, so I have a, I went to law school and I, I'm a JD. I have a law degree. I'm not a practicing attorney, but I am eligible to sit for the bar exam. The reason why I'm probably better fit to talk about some of these subjects today is because I, my undergrad, I went to Payne College and I majored in history. All right. So we definitely have a fellow scholar in the house today. Um, so this should be definitely interesting. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get started because uh, there's something that was um, that recently came to my attention, and it's something that I've been doing. If, if anybody follows me on Instagram at the Black Sun Zero Four, you'll notice that I've been doing these we, uh, daily posts, and within these daily posts, I'm talking about what's going on in today's uh, events, and uh, well, not today's events, but historical events on that on that day. And uh, yesterday, which was interesting, and I didn't realize it, but yesterday uh, on August uh, 28th, 1955, Roy Bryant and J.W. Millen, white members of the KKK, abducted 14-year-old Emmett Till from his great uncle's cabin in Mississippi and murdered him. So, I mean, I I really wanted to give a segue to that because, um, you know, when you look at the headlines, uh, of that time, and they, you know, they were saying new evidence found in slain, uh, jury sets, murder defendants free, uh, the verdict was made within 67 minutes. Um, it's just one of those things where you have to think about uh, the, in our today's climate and how when you're looking at uh, with Black Lives Matter and other uh, entities, um, you know, it's you know, everybody and academically, I guess, can say or arguably say that the civil rights movement was, uh, it kind of got its jump because of the Emmett Till murder. And 
So it's just one of those things I just kind of wanted to talk about today. You know, free flow it, see what's what. Um, naturally, uh, there are people here who uh, who have children and, and think about that. You know, individuals with children, they might have a different perspective. But also, uh, like I said, my colleague here today has a, has a legal background. So uh, let's just shoot the breeze and see what you think about, uh, you know, putting that in the context today. Um, especially seeing that the jury... We all know felt, you know, Emmett too. Um, it's a lot to unpack with that, but first, as a mom, I'm just heartbroken about the Emmett Till and just what happened. Just, just thinking of like what was he thinking as he was being kidnapped, like the suffering that he went through. But just like bringing it to today, uh, we can think about George Floyd and um. Really, Emmett Till, his murder wasn't caught on video, so of course it wasn't. It wasn't a conviction. Like our, if you look at it now, we we already have an Asian hate crime that's been passed. But why? It's because people they can't. Uh, America can't handle brutality against Asians, but brutality against Black bodies doesn't raise the same level of just shockness. It's the don't care. And so as far as like the civil rights movement of today and everything, it's what 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 really kind of sparked the protest and everything, even with like the NBA and we can't breathe and we all that is the the murder of George Floyd. And if that wasn't caught on video, would that cop have been convicted? Would he have been charged? You know, we, he probably wouldn't. We still have uh Breonna Taylor. We still have, uh, think about Ahmaud Aubrey. Think about here in Georgia with Ahmaud Aubrey. Think about, you know, like what was going on in that case before we saw the video. So I think uh, for me and even even now, I was just thinking about, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot with that. Uh, for some reason, it's like, yeah, we, we suffer. Uh, we can suffer these violent crimes, and if it isn't caught on video, where's our justice? And even thinking about the justice system as a whole is really meant to protect the rights of defendants. But what about the victims? Like, you know, you're if I commit a crime today, it will be a victim, uh, it will be a jury of my peers. But what if we reversed it and had a jury of victim peers or something like that? Um, that's just like, you know, some of my thoughts on it. But as far as, uh, no, it doesn't surprise me that he was, Emmett Till was guilty just because he was black. It was, he was guilty. No matter what was done to him, he was guilty. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I think about that. I mean, so do you think that's the same legal system that failed uh, Emmett Till? Um, do you think that that's the same legal system that we have today? Absolutely, absolutely, and it's going to continue to fail. Just look at what what it took to be able to get um, for George Floyd. Look at what it took. It didn't. It took not only the video. It took all of those witnesses. Um, that's what it takes. Just look at the amount of evidence that we need in order to get justice. And then it's like. What is, what's justice? Like, if I, right now, if I leave this studio and I'm driving back, the terror that I feel if I see blue lights in my background. Like, what, you know, like, what's the justice? So, yeah. I mean, definitely, especially when you look at, uh, like, the case with Tamir Rice, 
Um, I know his family has been recently in the media uh, and and they were uh, targeting or attacking certain uh, lawyers, actually, um, and how they were saying that or certain lawyers and certain activists have uh, pretty much used their uh, the deaths of their, their loved ones as a catapult for their own political or economic gain. Um, do you think that that's something that is, is, is baseless or like, so I, I know I've been critical of people, for instance, like uh, Ben Crump. Uh, I've been critical of some of individuals like him only because I feel as if that, um, you know, there's, I understand that there is a difference between civil suit and, uh, trial, you know, like if you're just taking somebody to civil, uh, you know, you can file a civil case against the city, um, but there's no criminal case against the, you know, against the officer. It's, it's, I, I think they're gladiators. I respect all of those guys. They're gladiators. They're needed. The problem is we don't we don't know the system. Like, what's the the criminal justice system? Isn't supposed to get? It's not supposed to get justice. It's not so much about getting justice for the victims as opposed to making sure that the defendant's constitutional rights are being protected. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. So it's less about, it's, hey, you know, someone, right now, someone commits a crime against you, the the system is built to make sure that they're being prosecuted fairly, that their constitutional rights are, you're, you're, you're messed up, your, your grievances, your making you whole isn't the purpose of the criminal justice system. It's, you know, so that's, that's, that's what it is. And when you look at it like that, um, you can see it, like, you know, that's it. So, but on a civil side, now, if you want some money from what they did to you, then, yeah, then that's where it come in. But it's, it's two different, it's two different purposes. And as a, just as a society, like, what we have to do is we have to, uh, we have to become more, become public defenders, become DAs, become judges, become the system. If we want to change the system, we have to become the system. Hmm. Now, I mean, do you think that the system that we're operating in right now, could you say, I mean, would you say that it has to be uh, disbanded and rebuilt from the ground up? Or do you think there is a way to salvage the system that we're that we're dealing with? What, okay, so the system here in... But I would honestly don't, I wouldn't move outside of the metro Atlanta area. Metro Atlanta area, Augusta, I would stay there. But Savannah, you couldn't, you couldn't give me a job in Savannah. You couldn't give me a job in some of these rural areas. No, you know, no disrespect to the people that stay there. But it's a different system. Because here in Atlanta, we're the Mecca, right? We have, we have black judges. We have black lawyers. We have black city people. So our system is totally different than somebody who's in, um, you know, than, than Glenn County. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a difference. So the system is what you make it. And I think, yeah, do we have injustices in the Atlanta system? Yes, absolutely. But is it, you know, do we have racism here in the Atlanta system? Yes, absolutely. But is it as bad as you go you know what, Jasper, Texas? Heck to know. <laughs> you know. I mean, now definitely, I, I I agree with that. Now, would you consider a uh, this as a different approach? Say that because the uh, like you say Atlanta, 
the dense population of Atlanta is uh, fairly liberal. Um, um, and, you know what? You know what this previous election has proven. Uh, would you say that it would be advantageous of uh, of us as African Americans, as minorities, to uh, migrate to these areas and slowly but surely overtake their their infrastructural uh, infrastructure uh, to the point where um, I guess the uh, a comparison could be what uh, the Quakers or not the Quakers uh, the carpetbaggers isn't that what they called the yeah. New Yorkers the New Yorkers <laughs> yeah. back in the day who would come down south I think we should even take a no we should do the Republican plan <laughs> you know what's that we so to... jump on the Republican party <laughs> no no we need to attack everything we don't want just the yeah we we were able to get one Senate seat but we want all of them. Mm. You know, we can get, we got one house seat, we want all of them. And it's not just a, a black, white thing. No, it's, hey, this is how I think the country should look. And this is how I think the country should work. This is how everyone should be accepted. So we should all band together. No, we all can't stay in our comfy little mecca. Some of us have to go and stay out in the middle of nowhere with those other people. And that's it. I mean, I definitely think that that is a viable way of doing things. I mean, especially, I mean, if you're, I, I, it's just one of the things I guess wondering, would they be receptive, you know? Uh, but neither here nor there, because nationally, I mean, we all know that there's always going to be blowback and pushback when somebody's new to an area trying to um, create some type of change. Um, so what is it that you disagree with me about? Oh, I don't disagree at all. Um, you know, I totally, I totally agree with you completely with that. Um, I was just asking, do you think that it could be, you know, some type of alternative? But, you know, that, not, like I said, neither here or there with that. I mean, because naturally, I, I feel as if that um, as much as we try to go into these areas and try to create change, um, I just feel as if some, there's some, I, I guess, a generation of people who have instilled this uh, Reaganomic uh, mentality um, and it's like you, for some reason, people will not abandon that. What do you mean by that? Um, this this whole understanding of well, I mean, it's it's more so business. You know, it's it's more so individuality or individualism. It's not it's not so much about collective property. It's more or communal property. It's about uh, personal, your own personal socioeconomic advancement and. It, it, but it's not something that is practiced among everybody, though. That's the thing. It's, it's. I mean, because well, well, you know, the theory. Well, not a theory, but I guess one of those things that people always say is that um, that as far as looking at uh, capitalism or socialism, you know, they're saying that socialism is actually practiced by the wealthy, whereas the poor are the ones who practice capitalism. But we don't think of it that way. You know, we feel as if that we're engaging in the same um, ideologies as the wealthy, but we're really not. You know, somebody who's just working day to day, paying bills. We don't think in moves or concessions. Uh, we're more so thinking in like finite money. Like I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to survive. It's not a oh, I can swipe a black card and I know I got the money in the account because I just got money just coming in everywhere. I'm not even really keeping track. That's why I hire an accountant or, you know, somebody to do something like that. Or that's why they have a team of lawyers to just, hey, 
in the event that I'm caught up in something legal, um, I need you to just work this out. You know, or just yeah. kind of push the paperwork and make sure I don't see, I don't ever see court. You know, it's like there's a way. I mean, clearly there's wealthy people who have pending charges against them, but because their legal team is so um, hands on, you know, there's ways that they can find ways to get the court to just keep offering these, like what, amendments or extensions or. Oh well, I need you to file this. Well, that's gonna take another year of process, and then it's like before you know it, it's like they never go to court, they never go to trial for anything. They end up having to just pay like a fine or something, you know. So this is one of those things. Where, I mean, with that, as far as that's why I was asking, do you think that you should? But do just you think that like okay, if I'm, how can in order to pull other people up, don't you have to be good yourself first, or at least in a better position than them, right? I mean, I guess it's one of those things is what what position are we talking about? Like, are we talking about a position whereas somebody is engaging in the same exploitative systems that have kept their the bulk of their brethren under? What's it? So it's like, would you, would you not like once you once you reach a certain level of accepting within their space, you have to abandon. Um, I would say you'd have to abandon certain things. Like right now, you have your notebook over there. I have have a pen. Mm -hmm. And let's just say you wanted to use my pen. If I say, yeah, you can use my pen, but give me a dollar, am I excluded? Well, yeah. I mean, naturally, because... I I have a product that you... I see that you have a need, and I'm offering a product to meet your need. So it's no exploitation. Well, I, I guess it's one of those things that do you need that dollar to survive at that given moment? But or is it because you know that you have the power and the means to wield that economic uh, value towards that pen? Like it's it's like it's one of those things where um, African Americans in the early 1900s were being arrested in droves for uh, theft, and what would happen is they would go back to the plantation that you know that they were you know after, and they would take an apple from a tree or apples on the ground. And they would eat the apple, that's theft. Then they would end up going to jail for that. But it's like they were given these exuberant amount of charges for that. But how is that one apple an issue? Like, and that's the thing where it's like, if I don't have to have that one apple, now granted, I understand I can't give all of my apples away, but not everybody's gonna ask for a free apple. But so if you were to take my pen, then you shouldn't be charged for it. Well, no, not necessarily. What I'm saying is you could just offer for me to just have a pen if it's just, I mean, I, I guess it's one of those things where I'm but looking I'm at it like kind of like but, compassion. Like okay. I feel like that there's no compassion. But it's no compassion. Uh, like okay, this pen, right? Like it's not if just a pen; it's just in gold or anything. Let's just say if you give me a dollar for this pen, okay, and then I go and I sell this pen to ten other people. Now I have ten dollars. <laughs> now when I go and pick my kids up, if my kids want something to eat, I'm able to provide for them for that. So maybe it's not so much about the apple. It's about if, you know, if a thousand people or two people or five people go and now y'all eating all my apples off my tree, how are my kids going to eat from the money that I should have got from these apples? I mean, but it's even to the point where when you look at sharecropping, if in that analogy, they would actually say that they were stealing from from the land if they were to grow their own crops outside of the sharecropping product. Even though that they sometimes they were allotted, say like a, yeah. a little parcel, so that they could grow some type of herbs or whatever. But it's like if you were to come up short, and they would say that that's theft of theft of the company or something. You know, and I just feel like it's kind of 
it's one of those things where um, it's capitalism. I mean, so but that's good. the thing. But that's the poor. You know, like the wealthy don't look at it like that. The wealthy yeah. don't look at it in that they've instilled this thing of capitalism on the poor. Like we operate under those confinements. Um, and I thought that's. I mean, even with the wage labor, when you look at the creation of wage labor and everything like that, but. Um, not only not, I mean, I can go on a little segue for the whole, it's linked to the Protestant ethic, and, um, you know, it, we've been, capitalism has, is more like a virus, you know, in our, in our nation, to the point where, uh, you can't really escape it, you know, it's, it's gone so far beyond, you know, even to the extent where, uh, and it goes, and I'm going back to what I was initially talking about with Black Lives Matter, and, and, uh, Tamir Rice's family saying about the exploitation, even then they commodified protest. Whereas protesting has now become a, uh, a business. Um, and, and I find it interesting where there's people who, like instantly when there's a protest, they'll they'll create some type of design or something to sell, or but they'll 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 uh, with copyright the, the, the symbol or you know so it's like that's their symbol. But then they'll sell it. And it's like, they're only making a profit for themselves. Um, another example, one of my friends told me down in New Orleans, uh, a lady is doing a Katrina discount. Right now, in the middle of this hurricane, she's doing a discount, and she said she's calling it the Katrina discount. And, she, and it's interesting, the person is from New Orleans, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, that's, that's really traumatic. Like, why would you use that? As a way for cap for your own gain, I understand that you have a business and you're trying to promote it, but it's like, is bad? Is that kind of type of publicity? Is that does what does that do to I guess the the true fight for that equality or the value? Knowing what the nation did to the individuals in the world during Katrina. I guess for me and I, um, well, just to go back to the Tamir riot. Just with that case, just the publicity that that case, and from having those attorneys who have big following, uh, I don't let my kids play outside with guns. No, fake guns. You know, so, but it's, I think <laughs> that as a society, as a whole, the community, we really don't have a uh, a leader, and so I think that when you don't have a leader, in the absence of a leader, you will have other people just pop up, just popping up, popping up, popping up, popping up. And I honestly don't think that any anybody, whether it's Sean King, whether it's any of those, Tamika uh, oh, Mallory, I was, actually, I was actually about to mention something too. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't I don't believe that any of them. Uh, goes in you know go into any situation because you have to realize they're taking time away from their family their kids the thing their the things that they have going on and do i think that they have bad intentions when they go in and try no they have platforms and because they have a platform they're able to try to make a difference try to go and you know get in front of the right people and I just think that if we, if not them, then who? That's what I would say. Well, if not them, then who? Well, and that's the thing where it's, it's one of those things where, and again, I've, and it goes to me saying that everything's been commodified. And, and this is what I'm saying as far as the right civil rights or the uh, new civil rights uh, 
fight in you know the quest for equality and in America has been commodified as well because um, people like Sean King. Uh, I'm a Sean King fan. I'm really not. That's the that's the crazy thing about it. Uh, but the reason why I'm not a, the reason why I'm not a complete why? Sean King fan is because again he and others are opportunists. They're not opportunists. You know, they, they, they have cherry pick, They cherry pick certain topic, hot button issues, and they jump on it and they utilize that to for their own personal gain. Mm-hmm. And and it's even to the point where um, looking at Ben Ben Crump. Where there's been cases where individuals have said that they wanted Ben Crump to, um, they that like Ben Crump was supposed to represent them, but when they when it when it comes to find out that it wasn't going to yield the, you know, like when the like certain facts came out, and mm-hmm. then he would, you know, all of a sudden he would back off. You yeah, know? but that's anybody. But, it, but it's a, that's the thing. Like, that's, he, that's how it works. He literally cherry picks and flies around the nation and tries to pick the biggest hot button cases to get civil payout. Right now, if, if, but he, I feel like if you get into payout, a car accident right now, right now, he's not gonna call. No, if you get into a car accident right now, it's some attorney who will say, eh, "That's not enough money for me. I'm not gonna work with you." But Hang that, up. but that's so it's the same. But that's thing, not he, genuine. That's no, the thing. He isn't, no, that's he's not genuine. Okay. Like I feel like that that right there alone lets me know that you're not being completely <laughs> genuine. In your acts, your your opportunities. If that, I offer you a job working seven twenty five, would you take it right now? I don't. I mean, well, I'm not pressed for a job right now. No, but, but if you, if, would you take but it? But he's the one who's making you're himself. Not, do you, he, do you think that you that do you value yourself at seven twenty five? Is your time worth seven dollars and twenty five cents? I don't think no, not right now, no. So exactly. So for him, for those cases, his time isn't worth that. But nobody asked for him to come. That's the thing. He shows up like a like a uh, knight in shiny armor. And tells the and promises things to these families, and, and that's what like Tamir Rice's mom is saying. She said that we never hired them. She was like, we never hired them to be representatives in the fight for justice for our dead loved ones murdered by police. Her and others have said this though that they never called Benjamin Crump to come to their aid. That they never called um, Sean King to do anything. They never called. Um, Tamika Mallory, they never call any of these people to come. And, and no? they just show up and Did then they say no though. No, Did but they that, say that's no? the thing. They don't ever have a they don't have a choice. Yes, do. They don't have a they don't have a say in the matter because what happens is when these people come into town, the media comes into town. Then it's like then they become the narrative. They're the ones who automatically are the, the de facto individuals who get to get the radio time, who get the studio time to talk about the issues. it's one of those things where I'm I'm disturbed by it only because it plays into the same narrative and in history repeats itself and I really do hope he and his wife feel better. But it, it goes into the situation with uh, Reverend uh, Jesse Jackson and, and how people slowly started to what turn their backs on him because they started to see he only showed up when it was convenient sometimes. Between him and um, uh, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, you know, people said that they didn't want Reverend Al Sharpton either. You know, so I, I, I feel like it's one of those things when we, when we think about that, you know, um, I just think it's really crazy that they just show up when it's convenient sometimes. And I feel like like people like Martin Luther King and others showed up because they had to show up. It wasn't a, I'm going to pick this over another. It was like when, when somebody asked Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King is going to speak, he came. You know, it wasn't a. Now there were some times where they couldn't come because. Uh, they still wanted, you know, they still put Rosa over the first lady, though, right? 
you know, so it was that was still a tool there. Uh, they they had the thing is is what was what was King? He was a leader. He was he was a leader. He we don't really have anybody right now that's equivalent to King at all. I'm critical yeah I understand that but I'm just saying but not like, right that. now who do we have right but now see, that's the thing. why do we have to have somebody to lead why can't you just and that's that's the thing where it, it goes into this thing where because I feel like if individuals if, if individuals themselves decided to take up arms it would build the army the army would build itself you know it wouldn't be that you know if we were all understanding of one one goal and we, and we dedicated ourselves to that one goal. I feel like the fact there alone would, would matter. You know? And what would that goal be? I mean, again, I feel like, well, I already, have, I already tell people what I feel about a lot of this. And I've said it in other, another uh, recordings, but uh, other episodes. But I feel like in order for things to change, there has to be socioeconomic suicide. Socioeconomic class suicide from the upper and alleged middle class black. Meaning or people of color that they have to abandon the capitalist system and the infrastructure that we have today and we have to build something different that mean you want them to let their good jobs go? that's the only way it's going to happen because at the end of the day once you get to a certain level of uh, in a certain level of uh, economic bracket you you no longer mm-hmm. operate in the same spaces and networks like you like you once you get to, you have to compromise your your sense of your you have to compromise your morality in order to get over a certain threshold. That's all I'm saying. And and I feel like once you've crossed over that threshold of morality, there's no way you can come back and say you're for the people because it, you you you've seen the true living of socialism once you reach a certain level. But it requires sacrifice. And and I feel like that's why you don't it's think hard for having taxes well, no, well, most of us, most of, I mean, there's always those, what, the tax breaks and all these other stuff. Half of them pay less taxes than I do. What about tithing and giving to charity? Well, I mean, that's, some people do that, but again, what, what most people do to tithe or to charity, and it speaks to some of my recent theories with charity, a lot of the times, they'll, when, when you start to look at the pattern on when certain wealthy people donate, right around the time, taxes. Right around the time that they have, all of a sudden you'll start seeing all these wealthy people donating money to schools. But it happens, if you notice, it happens in the spring. That's around tax season. They have to give up some type of money because they have to show that they donated something to somebody. So that their lawyers are already telling them, hey, listen, spend this much. And I'm, of course, I'm speculating because I'm not a lawyer or anything. But I'm just saying, maybe they just look at them and say, (laughs) I'm like, maybe they just go to the person and be like, listen. I need a certain amount of money gone. How can we do that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Legally, how can that. we do that? What's that? I'm sure it doesn't work like that. I mean, I'm saying, like, <laughs> well, let's just be honest, they're not thinking legally because we all know that wealthy operate outside of the parameters of the law. The laws, laws are, are really for us. It's not for them. Clearly, I mean, when you have that, what is it, the, uh, the lady, uh, the, the, what was the, uh, he was like some type of uh, higher up in the government. You remember his wife ended up like a hit and run somewhere, and she ended up like just leaving. Yeah. And well, was it like a hit and run? Or she was like had like a she was drunk driving or something to hit somebody or something. Yeah. She's still not in jail, is she? Like they said they were gonna extradite her back or something like that. Yeah, but that's probably like 
he was like an ambassador. Yeah. I think they had like diplomatic immunity or something. But, but still, it's one of those things where that there alone is the epitome of what I mean. It's like she killed somebody. She should be brought to justice. But somehow it's like the way we have it, it's like, oh, you know, well, you know, there's these these, you know, policies that we all agree upon. And it's just like that's crazy. Like where's the justice in that? You know? And it's like that whole thing is corrupt. That's why I'm like the whole system needs to be abandoned. Like stuff like that shouldn't be able to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even to the point where, um, which I think is interesting, because I, I mean, me personally, I have no issues with uh, Muslims and uh, Afghan um, uh, refugees coming. You know, who help help us in the war? Let's just see how. how- but that's I think it's funny. Out well, but that's the thing. They're right. not. Well, you already know they're not. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where uh, the mayor, what is it? She said that she issued the order too late. Yeah, because apparently she couldn't, she can't listen to the weather channel uh, like the rest of us. I mean, apparently. we all know what that is. I mean, it it would cost <laughs> them too much money, you know, in revenue because they just, well, they never really closed anyway. I mean, but it's one of those things because, again, you'd have to have uh, COVID protocols. I mean, you'd have to have some way to ensure people can evacuate safely. Um, you know, so it's like what they pretty much did was left well, it up to the, the residents the, to, to their own devices. What are the, the same protocols that they're using to evacuate the Afghans they can use to get the people out of New Orleans? Those same protocols could be used. And so... Yes, right now, yes, no, the people in, I'm happy that people are being <laughs> evacuated from Af- uh, Afghanistan, but I just, you know, my heart is just with those people right now going through those storms that, you know, three weeks in the heat without AC is what those people are down there looking for, rising flood waters, like, at, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that the the same way that the money was able to hurry up and flow, and the resources were able to flow over there, it, you go ahead and do that. I mean, well, we already know. I mean, our defense budget is always been there, all time high. I mean, uh, part of the reasons why we're so behind in other areas areas of our nation, uh, but that's just my personal. Opinion. But you know, we are, we still it's still part of the defense budget. Uh, FEMA is under Homeland Security. Oh. Yeah. But now, see, but, okay, now, is FEMA uh, its own entity, though? FEMA is a department within the, within the, uh, okay. FEMA is the agency within the Department of Homeland okay. Security, okay. so. So, basically, they could have, they could funnel more money to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's untapped. They have untapped. They okay. have, they have money, yeah. 100%. FEMA, I, I did, I did work for FEMA. So, yeah, so FEMA has, uh, yeah. That's awesome. I mean. I mean, hey. So it's they their they mission. Help, they help, yeah, they help. Uh, the, so how come when it's one of those things, you don't have to answer this clearly. Oh, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> what, if, um, what about when they show those pictures of like when FEMA does come in and it's like the food is just like awful. Like it's literally like like a slice of bread and a slice of bologna and it's like an apple. So FEMA has contractors. We have contracts. We had contracts, and so whoever the person is that had the contract for that area probably was just doing a bad job. So it's that, and also you have to realize that it's a disaster area, and that the point for FEMA right now is trying to get people. When your boots on the ground, the first thing is you're just trying to get people fed. 
So you're just trying to get me some type of nutrition. So it's it's just survival. That's it. It's food. If you have water, you have something, you're not starving. So that's what I would say when you have, you know, no, it's not going to be a, a four-course four meal. But it is going to give, you know, people in body substances. Substance. And a lot of times, and that, that's it. And it's just temporary. It's temporary. So what you would think, you said it's a part of the Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen in any cases where they would utilize some of the, uh, the meals that the military use? Just yeah. like add water. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So that that's, they also use some of that kind of stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to, you have to understand what it's a federal agency, so agency. So when can FEMA come in? It has to be a you have to have a disaster. It has to be a, a disaster has to be declared. A state the state has to declare a state of emergency. Once the state declares a state of emergency, then FEMA can come in. The fed the federal government can come in and declare a state of emergency for that. And then within the state of emergency, within that declaration, it'll say, hey, what type of uh, aid can be come? So you have individual, you have public assistance. And within, and so then, only then can FEMA come in once that has been, once that, once that has happened. So before a state, sometimes the state can, you know, take their time on declaring a state of emergency. And so that's the problem. But so it's, it's uh, so a lot of times with FEMA, FEMA, um, when I was with FEMA, the mission was, you know, they responded to all disasters, man-made, man-made and natural. So, oh, man-made and natural, man-made means like terror, you know what I mean? Like something like that. <laughs> and then natural is like, you know, weather. And so uh, that's it. And so basically it's responding though, right? So, but fever does have different, like they have preparation, they have response, they have recovery, they have uh, mitigation. And basically it's like, with mitigation, it's basically like, uh, like we know, like say, we know like these areas are gonna get hit by a hurricane again. And so uh, you see they have like the new levee systems and everything. It's just saying that the next time that it's, you're hit, you won't be impacted as hard. It's, or the fires in California, uh, you know, we'll put, you know, we'll have different ways that the fire next time won't, you know, maybe not burn so far and different things like that. So, so basically what they're doing is, uh, they, they kind of, they're kind of like a band-aid mm. until, until the nation can kind of heal itself or no. until, the, until like say that community can kind of stand no. back up on its own. No. Or do you think it should be something that how we've been doing it and keeping it more so grassroots and seeing hey let let the people within the community 
um, do that? Or do you think the government should have something like that? Um, we had those, but they failed. That's what churches used to do. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying as far as, like, do you think that the government should have something like a FEMA that comes into these areas and stays until people can get back on, like somewhere like a Detroit or a Flint, Michigan? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think when it comes to things like as far as, like, FEMA and everything like that. Um, so, I mean, we have another guest here today, um, and he's going to come in shortly, so... Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pause, and like I said, we'll get back to you on uh, the second half of the Black Sun Podcast. Uh, stay tuned.
you know, pretty much how now you see that, like this commodification of trauma or the commodification of uh, what's going on in the world. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, as far as uh, we were talking about Ben Crump and some of the others, and of course, uh, naturally we're at a impasse with that, but uh, which is okay. You know, there's no no pressure here. You know, but um, naturally, I'm I'm saying that Ben Crump and them are opportunists. People like him and Sean King, they they jump, they they cherry pick which cases they want to get on, and then they they fly, they get on the next jet and go to the next whatever hot topic button issue, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Even to the point where Sean King will make his own buzz about his whole house situation when his wife buying a house just recently. And why are you? Why, why that shouldn't even be news, man. Like I, I mean, you bought a house, congratulations, bro. I don't think we have to keep talking about. It. I understand people are gonna doubt how you got the money. I mean, like to be honest, we all know people are gonna doubt how you got the money because you've already been questionable since the beginning. People have already questioned you from the jump. Again, I'm not saying that he's not a, he's not a bad he's not a bad person or anything. But he has saying. the right to defend himself. But nobody exactly. has. No, like people he, do. People do. People be all in his comments. Man, hey, you're a scam. But he feeds into it, though. He has the right to show off, to show his receipts. He, he does. Nobody asked him to Nobody asked him to broadcast that they got that new house and stuff, bro. They had a whole article written. Hey, if, he, if his wife wants to show off that she has a house, she could be able to do it. But because who she's married to, she gets attacked for it. And he had the right to come to his wife's defense. He puts the bulls out on himself all the time. Well, you know, well, you know. People can start off in a in a in a different light, you know, with a different purpose and direction. But once you gain attention and that fame is that light, that spotlight is something else. So, with the spotlight on you, you turn into a star. You know, he's a he's a you know he might be an unknowingly unwilling diva. <laughs> you know, he, he become a diva. That you know, who cares about you know in the real world. But, you know, if he don't think he's as famous as he actually is, and people go take it a certain way, he could do stuff that normal people would put online, and it wouldn't be an issue. But because he's famous and he puts what he got online, now, you know, saying he's braggadocious, he's, he's, he's full of himself, he's drawing attention, but he did nothing nobody else would do online. I mean, I just, say, I got a new I house. Know. Boom. Sometimes, you know sometimes I just feel like you just want to get on. <laughs> you just don't like them. <laughs> no, it's not that. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I'm, I, I can, can, I can find, that dude, I can find three million right. other things to talk about yeah. him about that is Word. better qualified Word. for what you you talk about. I mean, about. I just feel like it's not one of those. Nah, man, I just feel like they just be commodifying just to commodify them. Like that's their that's their job. They they pretty much made being a revolutionary a profession. Send this to them. 
Like he has the structure, he ha- he is doing, he is making changes, he is trying. And you know, it's it's both the good and the bad with that. So I mean I, I mean what's his name? What's the guy who uh the one from uh Ohio when he was here in Georgia and got arrested for stealing all that money? Uh, Sir Major or something like that. Uh, oh, the the light skin yeah. dude, albino guy. Yeah, what's his name? Sir Major, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I used to like, see him I, a lot around. I, I, I see him a lot. Listen, I, I see him so, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that Sean King is definitely not him. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He's not even close to being that shite. But I'm just saying, man, like, it's... He, he literally took this man's platform and made what he did, I mean, in that sense. Right, but, you know... However they do it, if they do a little bit, they do it a little bit more than other people are trying to do. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? We could, we, could, we could just blast all the flaws of a lot of things, but black leaders, I'm leaning to the left. I'm, I'm leaning away from that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, they you know, ain't leaders. That's I, the I'm not, I, mean, I mean, black people in, that, in, the, in, the, in the lead. Yeah. They're not leaders. Yeah. They're the, they're the yeah. people in front. But they don't need so, to be. But, yeah, I mean, I understand, but if they do it a little bit, if they use that little bit to do a little bit for people, okay. Uh, no so matter why, how so, wrong they be, that's whoever they get. Whoever's getting wrong, that's their issue. They should have seen it. You so know what why, They so should have dealt with it. Whatever. And we talked but, about this earlier. I mean, you know what I'm so why is it that people criticize uh, people like Reverend Jesse Jackson and Reverend Al Sharpton when they were doing the exact same things that these people been doing now? But why do we ostracize I, them? I, I would say I, my personal opinion on this is. It's cool, but you haven't been a success until you prepared your successors. You know what I'm saying? So they're not trying to get out the way and be conciliated like like Don Corleone did with Michael. He got out the way, but you know you could come to me and get guidance in any daggone thing you got going on. But you running the show. Yeah. You do your thing. Take it further. They're not getting out the way. They don't want to let the next generation come in and get us to the next step and in the next step. They just, they holding on and they just, you know, that time has passed. Marching worked then. I agree. These new guys got new ideas, but you'll never hear them because they stuck on the old ways because these old guys won't get out the way and and trust that what they left, these people will take, absorb, and take forward. For me, it's more like, you know, what's the end goal? Like, for me, the ends justify the means. Like, right. can we, like, what's the goal? Like, what are we doing? What, what is it that, Sha- like, even with Sean King, what is it that he's trying to accomplish? And whatever else he has going on, is he moving us more towards that goal? And, like, that's it. Like, what's the goal? Like, what is it that you, what is it that you, you know, what is it that you expect Sean King to do? What is it that you expect him? What goal is it? What is it that you look for in a black leader? Like, what should our leaders be moving towards? That's a great question. I mean, I already say I'm leaning towards. <laughs> I, I already tell people when, when people ask me that, I'm already telling people that I lean towards people like Emil Cabral and, and Gucci Watiago. Who? Cool. Uh, and Gucci and Emil Cabral, uh, two African nationals. One is from Kenya and the other one is from Guinea-Bissau. But what they argue is that, again, in order for African-Americans in America or Africans in diaspora, period, to be able to truly say that they're self-sufficient beings, they have to cut all ties with their oppressors and build their own nation state outside of. We can no longer sit there and parlay with our oppressors because they don't even look at you as being a person or your equal. 
And that's something we have to come to terms with. You cannot parlay with somebody who does not look at you as being a human being. They're going to treat you like trash all day, every day. But what land? Like, even if we were to try to do that, even if we were to say, hey, let's go, I see this whole push on buying farmland. Who are you buying the farmland from? Your oppressor. So, like, even if you, even in trying to get away from your oppressor, you're still dealing with them. I mean, but that's, that's naturally, but I feel like we're just taking what's rightfully ours in a, in a sense. But it goes to what me and you were talking about, having more African-Americans or people of color who live in these dense urban environments to actually move and migrate to these rural areas and take over. Yeah. And that's the only way that that can happen. I mean, I feel like you have to go, at some point we have to leave the urban center and literally take over these rural areas where the population is like 300. In the, in the, and they got they got thousands of acres of land in Utah. Right. right. Why? Because why is the land important? It don't matter what you give for it. When you have it, it's worth whatever a person that doesn't have anywhere to sit them, themselves is willing to agree. Agree. You know what I'm saying? So if if you the transference of well you well as long as I got the land, I can give the oppressor this money. But the money is nothing. He's just walking around with it. I yeah. got somewhere to be. You know what I'm saying? You can't come around here. You don't control anything but the money in your pocket that you have. So that power is going to them. But we, if the more land we get, you know, it's like Africa when they told the white people to break out off the farms. Oh, we, we was here our whole lives. Oh, we're, 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 y'all is displacing us. And now they're in the position we was in where they did what they did. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, the land is power. <laughs> the land is power. Definitely that. I mean, yeah. you can and shoot I, and I, anybody on your land. It gives you that power. But that's what's you know true. What I mean? Who owns uh, what is it? A lot of these politicians and stuff own a lot of real estate. Yeah. A lot of politicians are in the real estate, Absolutely. commercial and residential. You know, it's like whoever owns the most land actually has a lot more power in the community. Because unless a volcano goes off, they ain't making no more land. Right. You know what I mean? Fine. It is fine. Right. Right. Now it, it can drift off into the sea. Yeah, you know, it can sink. You know, land can go and come. You know, there's a lot of water field that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I go there sometimes. <laughs> nah, right. Go further, man. It's, it's, it's whatever on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already told you my fans for the second hour. But I feel like this is all. I feel like it's all about military. What is it? Warfare, man. That's all. I mean, it's, it's, it's just one of those things, even that, again, when you look at some of these African liberators who are, who are assassinated, they weren't necessarily saying, oh, yeah, we need to slaughter everybody. No. What they were saying was we have to acknowledge how they treat us and the only things that they listen to, which is violence. They're only, the only way that you're going to get somebody to is if they have a level of fear and so it's like, you'll be like, okay, yeah, if I, like, you know, they talk about uh, in Kenya, you know, uh, of course, the name, well, the name that people call them is the Mau Mau, but naturally, that's not what they were called. They were actually called the, uh, what is it, the Kenyan Land and Freedom Party or something like that, but they were actually a political party, but they got, they got called the Mau Mau by uh, the whites, you know, who were actually there because it was meant to do it was meant to um, degrade the the revolution that they were trying to create in Kenya. And so it's one of those things where, yeah, they were, you know, and it's crazy, there were more of them that got killed than white people. 
And they'll, they'll try to have you think that there was a bunch of Africans running around with machetes, just chopping people's heads off going everywhere, and it didn't even happen that way. They were actually the ones who were actually at the, the blunt force of all the trauma. You know, so it's like, but the, it's one of those things where they're saying that they only understand violence, even though Mandela at one point realized that he had to have a, uh, a, um, a covert group of young men who were going to set fires in certain parts of South Africa to stimulate protests, you know, or to stifle their communication so they would destroy one of their communication towers. That was an act of warfare. But it's like, at some point, he understood that that's the only way he was going to be able to get those white people to come up to him and say, all right, we don't want to mess with these guys because they actually got that life. But we'll come to y'all who is more nonviolent and then we'll approach it that way. stuck out to me is how uh, white people redefine the group. And I'm going to bring it back to this country. When it was a freedom movement when in the 50s, you know what I mean? They were trying to free them. Black people was trying to free ourselves from the oppression or, or the system that allowed us to be treated the way we were treated. You know what I'm saying? That was loosely the definition. Then white people called it integration. White people called it civil rights. White people redefined things and then acknowledged leaders. They wanted to be leaders. So they put the kings out there and all these guys that were people that, you know, were controllable by them. You know what I'm saying? By or not threatening. Either or. You know, however you want to put it. But when they define the movement, it changed the angle. You know what I'm saying? It's either, you know, hey, man, we everybody or we, we ain't nobody. We going. You know what I'm saying? Leave us alone. That's the freedom. You're saying leave us alone or let us be like everybody else. What are the two? Now we got pinpointing in the civil rights. Now we got to go through all this crap. Now it's pointed in the integration, which dissolved everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Dissolved everybody's little individual things and gave, and then after that, you know, they, you know, they watered everything down. And yeah, y'all know how the story goes. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But white people have a knack for doing that. They'll go ahead and blast whoever they like all over the TV and acknowledge them as your leader and everybody who's not in the know is gonna follow because they ain't doing research. They ain't doing nothing. You know, they just gonna go with, all right, King's the guy. All right, uh, Thurgood's the guy. Uh, Julia Bond's the guy now. You know what I'm saying? Whoever they put out at the moment, Jesse Jackson's the guy. You know what I'm saying? They'll never say Farrakhan's the guy. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> they'll never say, we know why. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll never say, you know, so you can, you, you although they'll have the names of the people you can throw out there, they'll never say, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. They'll never confirm that as a leader of black people. They'll, we'll put them as a leader of a specific group and we'll define that group for you and let you put a picture in your head so you think that group is something they may or may not be. But this is how white people work. 
This is how they worked all over the world. They've always done the same game plan and blueprint, and they're everywhere. You got Jamaicans thinking they're English dudes. You know what I'm saying? You got you got Dominicans thinking they're you know whatever they think they are. You got yeah, you know the whole everywhere they've been, they put you know their stamp on it. You know what I'm saying? And it's all European. You know what I'm saying? It's all the, the pale skin cats. You know what I'm saying? I'm black too. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know. Ain't nobody holding that again. I'm saying, nah, but if you think about it, look at look at us. Not us here and here, but us as black folks. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I got, I'm not black enough for black people. And white people know I ain't white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So where do I fit? You know what I'm saying? You know, where do I fit in? You know, because it's all about defining ideologies and white people have defined it for us and then it, it's an issue because white people made it an issue between us. You know what I'm saying? They always define it. They're the winners. They got the pen. And everybody believes anything white people say. We look every 90, 90% of all research we do, we went through white people to get. I can agree with that. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So they write they write the story until they get out the yeah. until we get them out the way because they're the minority on the planet. How do they run things? I have no yeah. idea. They got I, yeah, some I mean, kind of mind control. It's a, uh, how they just a work. Nigga, man. That's, that's you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but see, I ask you for that too. I mean, when is the historical record shift? Like, and I get, I, I always try to say it's the Byzantine and the Roman Empire, definitely. But when you got to look at the Hexos and everything else like that, but... At some point, I don't know what happened during the Dark Ages. That's all I can say. No, it was dark because Daddy wasn't what in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what made it dark. It was the Dark Ages, <laughs> and it seems like it's bad, but that's what we was with. Yeah, that yeah, was the yeah, Dark Ages. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm wondering. Like, like, that's one thing I be asking like, people. Like, shit. It's like, what happened? I'm going to tell you about that. That's, you a, know what that's I mean? a story for another time. No. And the movie dims out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shreda, you were saying what happened? They win it again. Oh, no, just to me, I think, I hear what you were saying about the war and nothing has changed, the violence. I mean, it's... No, violence changes everything. But, I mean, it's 2021. Nobody's realistically about to go and do that. I think realistically what we have to do is just get people, hey, look, if if the problem is police brutality against black people, have more people, have more about people going to be police officers in our community. Become the teachers, become the police officers, become the judges, become the that and control our own body land, grow our own food. Like that's, that's, and I'm seeing more and more people, uh, at least on my timeline, that's on that tip. And I think that, you know, 10 years from now, if things will look different. Five, 10 years from now, we continue to do that, things will look different. Well, some, some, some actual cities, you can't, you can't like collect rainwater, you can't have your own filtration, like you can't have your own like, Filtration systems outside of the ones that are mentioned. You can't go off grid. Yeah, like you, you can't. can't you, you can't just go can't off grid. Post about it, right? I mean, but that's you the thing. I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, even to the point where, like, and I hear you, and I agree. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I totally agree that there needs to be yeah, communal. You told me this several times. No, 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 that's <laughs> it. no, because like I said, I mean, I do believe in like communal property, like communal farming. I think that that is the way of the future, or if urban farming. No, they call it where they're growing, like they're using like the rooftops to grow like uh, food and stuff, or they're finding ways they can grow, um, grow it on the sides of uh, skyscrapers out of the windows. This stuff. is getting more back to our natural ways. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They don't want us to go back to our origins. They need you to be dependent on. We'll right? start figuring things out that they don't it, want uh, us to. Know. What is it? Why, why certain foods don't have seeds anymore? You know, it's like 
you can't you can't re- you can't grow it if you don't have a seed, right? That's a no brainer. I was cutting the chick that was working at, that was in school in the co- in college for uh, uh, they was doing gene modifications. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So for they was doing the fruit. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying. So they was trying to make everything uniform. Yeah, because you can't you know you don't want to grow a crop and you don't know what you gonna get from season to season. Yeah. they want it all the same because it's subtle. Yeah. So they manipulated. No apple is naturally red. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I went to Israel. They grew things naturally. Everything looked the way. Everything looked different. Yeah. A watermelon tastes like it was syrupy and it tastes like Kool Aid. I was like, man, I never, ate, I never liked watermelon ever. I went out there. I ate a whole watermelon by myself. People wanted some. I said, no, you ain't getting that. Get your own watermelon. This is mine. I got it in well, four I mean, pieces. Speaking of that, I mean, cause you, you, you lived overseas. Um, you know, and you were, uh, I know a lot of people were talking about that when they looked at uh, the food and how our foods are so gmo and so processed that it's like, you wouldn't even know what real cheese tastes like until you go to Italy. Uh, I'm talking about, you, you, it, our food isn't even allowed in certain countries. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what they're saying. Yeah, they said we can't, yeah, they said our food is that bad. <laughs> like, take it away. Uh, that in California, you know, <laughs> listen, when you buy certain things, I swear, man, that's the first thing I look for. If it says California don't let you have it, I'm like, wow. But how come everybody else can have it but California? Like, what do they know that I don't know? That was the first place I seen that had the uh, the no smoking indoors. Yeah. It was like frowned upon if you was a smoke. Although weed is legal, which is kind of weird. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But cigarettes, they look at you like you're stupid. They'd rather you have a blunt in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? California. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they're 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 extreme. They either totally unhealthy or they healthy as hell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, they eat lettuce, you know what I'm saying? All day. Celery sticks. You know, Public. but you know, it's a, a crazy right? little area. But you know, they, they get their thing, you know, they get their thing off and they do what they do and they're California. You know what I'm saying? They, you know what it is out there at this point, I guess. You know, the the the, the story's out, you know, the jig is up. <laughs> we know about y'all, y'all. It's, everything's high and it's healthy. <laughs> high and healthy, that's it. Either you're mentally high, you're paying high bills, or you just eating healthy and I don't know what. <laughs> it's California life. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I ain't messing with that. Like I said, I ain't, I, I've only been out to California a couple of months, so I can't really speak on how, how it rolls up in that, though. But, man, so... Sharina, we were about to take a twist because I'm about to. Because there was a conversation that me and Albar have supposed to have been having for quite some time. Oh. Um, okay. We're going to be in this too because, I mean, clearly you got to get into this anyway. Everybody uh, has um, an opinion on this thing right here. We're about to get into it. If he allows me to get into um, it. Okay. I, and um, I, I didn't come too prepared, but hey, whatever. We're, gonna, we're about to roll this out for the last. What is it? Hey, you we, got, we got a few I more minutes it. on this one, so. <laughs> You gotta study. I lived it. What is it? Oh, this okay, is gonna okay. Be fun. okay, 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 <laughs> okay. So, so basically, um, this is something that we talked about the other week, uh, too, Chris. So we were looking at this. So it was like this. So, oh, oh, time, 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 time. Are we taking a break before this? No, nah, we, we going straight in. We going straight in. So we okay, talking about cool. cancel culture, right? Okay. So cancel culture. Um, what is, is there a gay agenda? And that's one of those questions. And is Little Nas X more toxic? And he knows where I'm going. Is Little Nas X more toxic than Bootsy for black boys? And and this goes into this whole thing. We talked about NWA. 
And I personally feel like NWA is in that same category as Boosie. Um, as far as what they, how, how, how some of their music can be construed and how it perpetuated certain um, hyper-masculinity, over-sexualization of women, and um, homoerotic, oh, not homoerotic, homophobic, definitely. Um, but pretty much how it pretty much spearheaded this whole situation that we see now, which is the, um, the uh, you know, gangster rap, you know, and some of those elements that gangster rap projects. But um, I'm going to let him go ahead and go into it, so. Yeah, I'm passing. I'm passing the ball. It's, it's your show. I'm passing the ball. I, I, I mean, well, well, what do we? We, we I, I, I see you. Uh, uh, I mean, is there a question in there? I mean, where are we going with it? Where's the <laughs> beginning start at? I mean, it's, it's it's a little wide open right now. I can go to thirty minutes. Sex is that toxic? Oh, oh. I mean, toxicity is is. There's no difference. It's like saying one sin is better than the other sin. All of them are punishable by death. You know what I mean? So, you know, what is good? What is a little or a lot? You know what I'm saying? Wrong. You know what I'm saying? Both of them wrong. So, if Lil Nas X is toxic, if Boosie's toxic, nobody's less toxic. You know, it's like uh, politicians. You picking two of the worst people for president you could possibly put in there, but you got to pick... The lesser of the evil, but you go to, but they both suck. But what is Lil Nas X doing wrong though? Like, I feel like he's just expressing himself. Like, why is it? Why does it make heterosexual straight men so uncomfortable? I mean, well, no, 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 no. Like, it ain't about, like, it ain't why, about the sexuality. It, make, it does. It no, makes no, no, them wait, squeamish. Wait, wait, wait. Let me explain. But if two women are kissing, all they be all up on them tipping oh, them no, no, money. No, no, no. It's, a, it's. I mean, I mean, Megan The Stallion is just sucks just as much as as Lil Nas X. You know what I'm saying? She's just as terrible for, for females. You know what I mean? You don't want your daughter listening to that. You don't want your daughter out there, you know what I'm saying, doing the Megan Thee Stallion stuff or Cardi B or Nicki Minaj or none of them clowns. You know what I'm saying? All of them are clowns. You know what I'm saying? So when they come out and do the savage clown stuff that they do, if they taking stuff off, of, off, off the internet, because you talking anti-vaccine stuff, because of, you don't want it to influence anybody to be in that mindset, why ain't they taking that savage stuff they put on with black people on every day, 20 times a day on the radio, all day, every day, they listen to it. They not taking none of this out of rotation, but that vaccine stuff can affect you that much. It can affect you that much. That, you know what I'm saying? You, can, you, can, you got to take that off because of who it may influence and the detriment it be to the world. But you keep this stuff in the black community, this negative, savage, clown shit that's not hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It's not, I'm sorry, can we curse on here? Yeah, man. It's okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, but man, it's not hip hop. explicit. You know what I'm saying? I'm speaking from a person that was born in 1976 in the South Bronx. You know what I'm saying? When all this stuff was popping and percolating. So I know the energy it was that brought this out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's not it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's not it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's going left. That's why I was so proud of the verses. My cousin, I'm cutting his hair. You know, he puts it on. I ain't watched no verses. I, I knew that was happening, but I forgot about it because I don't pay attention to that stuff. And he's watching it. while My cousin is 50-something. This is my oldest cousin. He from the Bronx. Half Puerto Rican. 
<laughs> so he's out there. I'm cutting his hair. He got it on. We watching it. And I'm like, wow, I just stopped cutting his hair. I'm like, man, this is this is a spectacular moment right happening right now. This is hip hop. It wasn't the best people to go against each other, but this is how it this is a hip hop moment. This is throwback. This is great stuff. These new cats need to look at and see, you know, it's about moving the crowd. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's about the energy. You gotta control all that. But these cats and you know, but back to the influence. All that energy. They was on the stage, they controlled the flow with the with the energy of the crowd with the verses. You control the energy of people with whatever you putting out. They showed that when they got the uh, anti-vaccine stuff offline. You know what I'm saying? They got the thing they, they got in the government called uh, perception engineering. They controlling how you see things. And if it's not a thing, then why do they have the negativity stuff in black areas? And you see the product of it. You look at these millennials. These cats suck. You know what I'm saying? It's it's horrible. I, I I hate I hate that they like this, but we've allowed it to be that way because we're too caught up in doing us and keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with trends and keeping up with technology, and we can't afford to fall behind. So we allow our children to be guided by other technologies, you know, TV, info stuff on YouTube and whatever venue they go to to get information. You know what I'm saying? A kid is steadily checking up with who I don't know, but checking your info facts. You know what I'm saying? So you I know. mean, they'll look, they'll look up stuff in the middle of a lecture. I mean, I know that for a fact. I mean, they'll Google me and they'll Google something in a heartbeat. How sharp do you have to be in yeah. front of a class? Because they're like, hey. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I see here. You know? Hey, and you just got to understand that everything might be being filmed or recorded. So. And, and you're not doing this. Yeah. You got to come not. off the head. Yeah, off the top. I mean, it's definitely one of those things you definitely have to kind of know where you're going at it. But, but Trina, I know you wanted to speak on some of that too, so. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely a gay agenda, and I'm for the gay agenda. <laughs> uh, for it? Yes, I'm for yeah. it. Yes, the gay agenda is that gay people want to be treated equally, and they want, yeah, for years, centuries, for years, decades, uh, when you turn on your TV, it's all just straight heterosexual couples, and now they're they're putting more uh, same-sex couples on TV. It's same-sex couples, same-sex in the, just the entertainment period. And is it agenda? Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of the agenda now. Whether Boosty versus Lil Nas, which one is more toxic? Personally, I wouldn't leave my kids around either one. <laughs> not alone. <laughs> <But, laughs> not alone. Personally, I mean, you know, having you know having your kids sleep with strippers as teenagers that's that's a problem. That's problematic. That's very and, problematic. Uh, uh, you know, hold on, hold on. Are these male or female teens? Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> <they're a> problem. <laughs> 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 I have that opportunity in my childhood. <laughs> Do I think that he has done anything wrong? I think that he intentionally steps on feathers. He intentionally put that blood out there and had and was given a lap dance to stay in and doing kissing in the front because he was intentionally doing No, he wasn't. It wasn't just because of himself. He was doing it to get a reaction from people. He wanted the reaction and he getting that reaction and now he can't, you know, it, it's the thing. It's like if you poke a bear and you, you get bit. Like that's it. If you poke a bear, now he done rip, he ripped it up. That's what he did. So, so basically he so, so basically he has to keep he has to keep the level of intensity up in order to stay relevant. 
I mean, that's what he I mean, did. He did that to I don't feel like, how much far can he go? How much more far can he really go? He's not a victim. How much farther can you really go? It's, it's, it's called being a fame whore. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a term, and it's a whore for fame. You'll yeah. sweat yourself out just to be seen. Yeah. You know, so you're doing everything to stay relevant. That's why all these B people on these reality shows are, 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 are on TV right yeah. now. Because they're doing anything to be relevant. Just he didn't to be have to do that. Around. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. That's it. A lot of the things, like... I mean, I personally, I let my kids listen to, well, nah, the, before this stuff, we used to have listen to the new stuff, but I mean, uh, but he did that, like, he didn't have to, even with his, uh, even what he didn't have to have uh, some of the imagery, he didn't have to do that. That's it. But yeah, so I, I, I totally understand, yeah, yeah. Um, especially when it comes to like Lil Nas X and everything, when you look at, um, I, I I just really find it interesting, and, and like you were saying, that they that a lot of people have a lot to say about Lil Nas X and his performances, right? Twerking on stage as a guy, right? Okay, got it. But then you turn right back around and the next song, you have, a, or, or with the Cardi B and the Megan Thee Stallion twerking on each other. But then the next song, you have a rapper having women out there twerking on him, and nobody says anything. But I feel like it's, it's still more, over, it's, it's still over sexualization. But it's, it's still, but the, but just, my thing is, over sexualization is there regardless. Like it shouldn't be there regardless. Like you 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 accept one form of it, you might as well go ahead and accept the other. This, this is all about being extra, right? I mean, Madonna, so, Madonna kisses people on stage, and nobody says anything about that crap. I mean, no, no, they do, and that's how she got famous. You know what I'm saying? By being the chick with the with the with the with the with the with the, uh, the, the bras, the, the uh, you know, the bras on the outside, wearing them outside like regular clothes and yeah. stuff, and all that kind of guy. But I mean, it's like you know, nobody has a problem with gay people. I think At the end do. of the day, I, I think do. a lot of them do. I mean, I mean, they do, but it, it, it's all based on some whatever ideologies they have, and they, you know, say whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, as long as you don't force that on me, because I'm not. If in the course of we're sitting here, our whoever we sleeping with is not even. It's not a part of what we're talking about right now. So why does that even come up? So, you know, it's not an issue until somebody puts it in your face. You know what I'm saying? So, basically, you're thinking... You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't matter. So, you're like a don't ask, don't tell type We're talking about whatever we're talking about right here. It has nothing to do with you being gay, you being straight, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever. You know what I'm saying? We we ain't talking about our significant others. We're talking about the subject. Yeah. Now, the problem with what messes up for gay people with me is the flaming. The extra people, and that's the extra people in everything. The white people that think they black than black people, the the, the gay dudes so, that think he's more more woman than an actual woman. So you're more you know moderate. All those extra cats are the people that mess it up for everybody. They want to force their their stuff. So you want moderation. Face. Huh? You want moderation. No, nah, I want, you know, be cool. Be a cool chick. I don't get, be a gay chick. You know I what I'm saying? Really but don't be all in my face like if I don't, if I don't like this shit, so, I, I, so, something wrong with me. So you might be you a, know, and I don't like gay people. No, I don't like your ass. You I know mean, what I'm saying? You sick that it in my face and extra with it. Man, I don't care what you got going on. I mean, but, don't, hey, man, you just too much. But, but we, we you and, say that. And, and because you get mad at somebody that's too much and flamboyant yeah. and all wild yeah. and your face, you like that? I don't like gay people. No, I don't like 
you. I mean, so you gotta be gay. So, so put that in the context too. I mean, you can also say that about. I don't like an asshole, but if he's black and you a white guy, you know, I see why you don't like that right, dude. Right. But we ain't all like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I don't like that nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. You so, know? so you looking at it more so it's the individual, not not the whole. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But, but, but if you dog that dude, all people see on the optics is you punching a gay dude in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you I mean, punk but, ass mother. You I mean, know, but and I, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That was a hate crime. You know what I'm saying? But he's just a flamboyant clown in your face. You're like, man, get the, you know what I'm saying? This ain't carnival. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't this ain't Pride Weekend. You know what? Oh, I expect man. all this extra stuff did. Cause that's wow. everybody. I mean, but some extra. people are just some people are just extra people though. Like yeah, some people I mean, just like, and, and they're all sick so, to a person so, don't like so, no, that don't like extra so people. So that's like, that's like <laughs> I mean, because it goes. I mean, I know this is kind of random, but that's like the reason why like I feel like I'm so critical of Kevin Hart. I feel like Kevin Hart is just not that funny. And I, I mean, and then people tell me like, like we had this conversation the other day. People thought I was crazy. He was here mm-hmm. when I told him I didn't watch Martin. And I told, and I, I just wait, wait, like, I'm officially here to say you suck as a human. You should jump off three curves and head first. Three curves and you had this conversation with two. You know why? <laughs> you would, the thing about it is, like, and I tell people all day, I just don't think they're that funny. I, and it's one of those things where it, it goes in this thing where everybody talks about, oh, Martin, yada, yada, yada. And when you look at all those shows, the Jamie Foxx show and all them, you notice the pattern. The, the most memorable characters on those shows is when they dressed up as a woman. And I'm not saying anything to say that oh, that's Martin. yada yada yada. Oh, Martin. When he dressed up as that woman, oh, what was her name? What, what, was the, what was the woman? What was the one? His neighbor or something? Shanaynay. Oh, oh, yeah, Everybody yeah. used to talk about Shanaynay all day. Yeah. It's to the point where you are actually that now they've used that now as a derogatory term towards black women. Oh, she's Shanaynay. They literally use it as a as a pun now. All right, that's, that's cool. crazy. That's cool. That's but, crazy. But, but let's get back to you not watching Martin, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going personal. I'm getting personal now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So this was back Fred. in the day when it was appointment television. I was not you could watch whatever you wanted to watch. It wasn't nothing else on. It wasn't nothing else on. So what you? What was you doing other than watching Martin? Was you outside? What was you doing? I was not fresh. What was you doing? Was you outside or something? I can't say that. No, no, I can't say that. Your friends were talking about the last episode. I was not in those conversations, but I, I can say the reason why is yeah, we were we have we we didn't really watch a lot of television growing up. We were we were we were told to go outside basically. Well, when the street lights five, came well, on, wait, there don't find reasons why you couldn't watch TV when you no, were young as reasons you and your dog in the show it's that was on I'm not dogging the show. I'm not dogging the show. Everybody because, else like, was watching the good the show and you was outside. It's the same thing. Like, it's the same thing like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like I watched episodes of Martin and Fresh Prince of Bel Air. To say that I've watched every single episode and I love that show. That sh- if that show comes on, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna tell you now, I'm not. You don't like that. the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? No, 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 no. I'm not. No, no. He's not like the super fan that remembers. Like I tell people, like, like, like you got, you got people, you got people now where they literally, no, no. Those TV shows literally raised them. Yeah. Like, like that, that was their, that was their babysitter. Nah, we didn't do that. Like it wasn't. We didn't just get sat in front of the TV and we just watched TV. And it's like, oh. Uh, the first time I seen a real dad was when Uncle Phil hugged Will Smith because his dad didn't come back and get him. I had a daddy. Yeah, I didn't have that. That didn't, that didn't affect me. That didn't move me. 
Because my dad was there. And I hate the fact that people have to deal it's with this. It's a bigger issue. It's a real issue big right issue. Right you're, right. you're real bitter. You're real bitter to have two parents raising you. You got the bitterness of a single parent raising you. You would be like, the first, the first, the first, uh, the first, the first black family I saw that was so in sync was the Cosby family. I'm like, oh. That's true for me. Hey, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot it ain't for me. Many people. It wasn't for me. I know, but. But black but, people but, feel like but, it's but, a badge of honor, though. Wait, wait, wait. Like, black people feel like it's a problem that it didn't move me that way because nah. I didn't have to do it. I didn't have nah. to associate with those shows nah, nah, to see nah, what nah. that was. Nah, but, but, but a lot of black people do, but and they people, fault me for that. People, and I found that's crazy. People people are indirectly envious of of your the way you've been brought up and that you're in the minority and that you you I don't even know if you understand or yeah. or empathize with everybody else has a certain kind of uh understanding of it but you know everybody doesn't have your understanding the vast majority don't you know what I'm saying and, and we don't see just like you don't see they don't see how you don't understand or how you can't how you like what's your like they don't understand how you had a problem in life because you had two parents Man, you know what I'm saying like, like, like a lot of people is looking like yo yo that's at least in visualizing yeah. you know yeah. that was the like everybody hates Chris yeah his dad was one of probably five dads in a block yeah. full of 10,000 yeah. people. Fact. You know what I'm saying? Fact. So that's what it's like. You knew the dad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was like people yeah. gravitated toward the houses where they were fathers. Okay. Just to get a glimpse of how dudes move. Okay. I grew up in a house full of women. And I was a baby in yeah. the Bronx. Yeah. So a dude on the second floor who had a bunch of girls was like, all right, I see you. Switch your rules. Yeah, you know, my mom's had a weight bench in the middle of the living room when we was in the projects. I'm talking about a weight set, New Ferrigno, the Hulk. Metal plates and all that. So I was cut up as a little under 10-year-old. I was cut up. I was living away. So I went downstairs and guys like, all right, I'm going to teach you how to box. I don't have no sons. I see you got no daddy or a bunch of girls. I'm going to teach you how to box. I'm like, cool. The local dope boys put their little brother against me, because we the same age. We're like, yeah, we on the side of the building. Yeah, y'all gonna fight. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the big wheel, dirty. You know what I'm saying? Riding around the block, you know? And I get off the big wheel. I got to fight this dope boy kid that got rings on. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he got a level. And he's my age. We under 10. But y'all, we gonna make him tough. He's like, all right, cool. We'll make you tough with those. The other guy. You know, but he had rings on. We're going to make him, we're going to make, we're going to straight him, show what, you know, we're going to test him out. I'm like, I'm just a regular old ride around the block dirty boy. So I two-pieced him and threw him in the bush. And it was over with. They was like, oh, I'm like, that's it. And I left. But you know what I'm saying? If that dude didn't take interest in me as the one of the dads in yeah. the area, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I would've You wouldn't have broke the law, man. Nah, they wouldn't have broke the law. I'd have been doing this move like Floyd, how everybody fought in the hood. So, like, so the basically what, instead of having the stance and I just like so basically you know, So basically they had two children fight. They should have been arrested. Uh, the dope boys, yeah. they should have been arrested for the dope. For you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, we all know, we all know what that wasn't going to happen. I don't even know if any of them cast Nino Brown. I mean, you already know Nino Brown wasn't going to be there. Hey, you know, all of, they might be down here on Broadway. You know what I'm saying? Next year, July. Y'all laugh you know about it now. <laughs> oh, man, you know that time you knocked Blake Blake out? Oh, man. I'm talking about we had where two brothers caught me in the lobby. Like, you got to go in one door. 
press this button and get buzzed in the second door, but yeah. that little corridor is a lobby, the, the little box area yeah. before the lobby. They caught me in there, two brothers. You know what I'm saying? You had to get your way out of that. You know what I'm saying? I got out of there. You know, they tried to tell me. <laughs> this is Bronx life. I got beat up from my elementary school. My mother didn't want me to go to the one across the street from the house, from the building we lived in. I went and had to walk blocks and blocks to another one across the Bronx. Well, I got jumped by high school students when I was seven. By three high school dudes, and they beat me up all the way till I got close to the neighborhood. They couldn't beat me up in my neighborhood. So, you don't want to watch the mirror rights had that gun. Exactly. Back. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, mean, no, you thanks for giving that. It's black. Too. It's black. You know it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's trying to protect himself. I mean, Murray said it best. He used to walk around with a golf club, yeah. you know. It's amazing. But, um, I'm not crazy right now. I'm going to go ahead and. Um, <laughs> I'm a happy guy. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, like I said, wrap things up. Um, we'll definitely have to do this again, man. You gotta come earlier. You gotta come earlier, man. Like, but, but we gonna work this out. Like I said, if everybody, like I said, like and subscribe to Black Sun Podcast. It's on um, anchors on what, Google Cast. It's on I was it iCast. All those things on. It's on a lot of them. But anyways, definitely like I said, check out my Instagram, the Black Sun Zero Four. You know everything's gonna be posted linked. And, um, you know, it's nice having everybody. Everybody stake their IGs if they want to. Shout out. You know, it's whatever y'all want. Akbar Sultan 750. A-K-B-A-R-S-U-L-T-A-N 750. Go look me up. I'm a barber. I do my thing. I am nicer than the nicest nice person. I'm the best barber you know. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm the world of Sharita G. That's T-H-E-W-O-R-L-D. Sharita, S-H-E-R-I-T-A-G, and I'm a boy mom, and I'm a day trader. Oh, you know, don't forget what else, you know. <laughs> a lawyer. Oh, uh, and I'm about to study for the bar. <laughs> Facts. Bam. All right, y'all. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>